Have you been drifting west over the ocean while we've been speaking? I, I actually, in fact, inhabit a giant hot air balloon. You found me out. Oh my That's gosh. That's awesome. <laughs> you know that if you go east, you can take advantage of the International Dateline? That's a good point. Did you guys ever no, you have to go west. You have to go west, because that's how you go back in time. <laughs> There's this great book uh, that I read as a kid called The 21 Balloons. Yes! Wasn't what? that awesome? Oh, I love that so much. I think about it every time I'm eating ethnic food. <laughs> Did you ever read this book, Ryan? No. It's about an explorer who's, um, or not an, not necessarily an explorer. I forget this guy's motivation. I think he might just be sick of people, but for whatever reason, this guy decides he's going to just live out his days in a hot air balloon, mm-hmm. and um, bad things happen to it, and he winds up crashing on this island that has a uh, system of government. <laughs> That's like a restaurantocracy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Where the oh, so good uh, utopia, where the um, twenty-one families living on the island uh, have all changed their names to be just letters of the alphabet, and um, they each run a different ethnic restaurant, and their months are named after whatever meat they've gotten for that month. And then everyone just, um, they, like, everyone, all the families cook for one night out of these 21-day months, and everyone eats in that restaurant. Wow. And it just sounds like the best thing in the world. I should, but is this, like, a children's book? Like, if I read this, would I be, I I actually don't have a problem with reading children's books. (laughs) I Um, don't either. You you would be, you would be charmed by its... Yes, I think I would be because I'm charmed right now, right here, on Clash of the Typins. Woo! This is the podcast that we're recording an episode of again. And Hi, everybody. We're still the people that we are were last time. <laughs> Who were we last time, Ryan? Your nice lady. <laughs> no, no, your lady who swears. And the other lady I, is nice lady. Hey, I haven't sworn this entire time. No, but Emily said a cuss. In Emily said a cuss. In earlier I was, episode. I was reading aloud. I still have to bleep it, though. A cuss that I had written, so... You made the mistake of writing a cuss. <laughs> it was past you. You who used to cuss. <laughs> I still cuss. I, <laughs> I do, too. <laughs> I don't want to put an explicit button on this podcast. Don't worry, don't worry. I, I will refrain from... Now that I know that you're beeping, I am tempted, but I will not. I am probably <laughs> going to remember to bleep it. We were going to play a game I wrote. Yay! Because I can force you guys to do things that I want. Oh, no. And Yes. And the game was, I thought we should play Nautilicia by Ryan Veter, because it's my favorite. Um, If you guys want to play it, I mean, I can't force you to do anything you don't want to do. I'd like to play it. I would be delighted. Oh, thank you. That's nice of you to say. Uh, Here's what the... (laughs) She is nice, lady. Yeah. Here's what the words in the game say. I know, I know, I know. We're going to be late. But here's the thing. 
I'm in a coma, yeah. <laughs> and my brain has put together this bizarre fantasy world to try and keep me sane or protect my fragile psyche from the trauma of whatever the coma is about. And I can't wake up until I escape from the dream world. And that's going to take a while because I am really comfortable. I mean, in the dream world and also in the real world right here. So I don't have a lot of incentive to wake up. I mean, press any key to continue. Uh, well, if you're going to be so stubborn about it, you can come in the dream world and solve all the extremely symbolic puzzles <laughs> and quote-unquote rescue me from my delusions. I guess it's only fair to let you try. Press a key again. But hold on. I said hold on. I Let me think of a name for the dream world. It has to be sufficiently fantasy-sounding, but it also has to be obviously symbolic of something. Hmm. Almost there. Okay, I've got it. Nautilicia. Eh? <laughs> Excellent. A, a bizarre and whimsical dream world steeped in pseudo Jungian symbolism by Ryan Veter. Release 3, serial number 140327, inform 7, build 6G60, uh, i6 slash version 6.32, lib 6 twelfths N. Yeah, it's a stupid name, but it's the best I can come up with. Oh, there's more words. Stately Mansion. Okay, so you start out in this stately mansion. It's like stately Wayne Manor in that it's on top of a hill, and it's very expansive and full of expensive things, but there's no labyrinthine cave system underneath it. There's even the big grandfather clock in here that symbolizes punctuality, but it doesn't tell the time because it's a dream. <laughs> you can go outside by going south. Just because it's a dream doesn't mean there aren't still compass directions. Work with me. <laughs> I think we should examine the clock. Okay. Uh, there aren't even any hands or numbers. The face of the clock is just a spinning, spiraling shape, and when you look at it, you realize that time is meaningless. There's also that chamber underneath the face where they keep the pendulums. In the big grandfather clock are some zigzaggy pendulums. Multiple pendulums. It's interesting. Yeah. I think, I think we could should... examine them also. Yeah. Okay. Examine pendulums. There is two of them, and they're made out of this white iridescent substance. And they're in a weird shape, like a zigzag shape. They're basically two long white zigzags. They're just hanging there inside the clock. We should take them. Okay. The big grandfather clock isn't open. Oh, Let's open the big grandfather okay. clock. Okay, so you open up the clock and there are these two pendulums inside. I don't know how they work. Do you still want to take them? Oh, you probably do. I'm just not able to remember your intentions from one move to the next. <laughs> you pick up the zigzaggy pendulums. Score. Interesting. Do we have any other inventory? We might oh, have some see. baggage, you know, being in a coma and all. You are carrying some zigzaggy pendulums. All right. Uh, was there anything else in the room that I'm forgetting? Um, there's the clock. So, no. Yeah, no. Okay. South? Yes. Hill. As you exit the mansion and symbolically shed the shackles of civilization, <laughs> the sweet summer wind blows like a piccolo song across your weathered brow. 
So from up here in front of the stately mansion, you can see all the rest of the island, which I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but my dream world has taken the form of an island. To your right, which is west of you if you're facing south, is a thick jungle with leaves that are deep, deep greens and purples in their colors. It symbolizes the terror and the wonderment of the unknown, but it is impenetrable to you from where you're standing. Down the hill to the southwest is a white sandy beach. I'll tell you what it symbolizes when you get there. <laughs> Sort of have the impression that we just need to go to the beach since the jungle is, as mentioned, impenetrable. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, enchanted Gulf. The gulf that this enchanted beach envelops is itself enchanted or ensorcelled with a magical glamour which makes everyone who sees it want to just sit around and take a break for once in their lives. It symbolizes taking a break for once in your life. <laughs> Only you are able to resist this enchantment because you alone are so incredibly uptight about getting stuff done all the time and being on time for things. Back to the northeast is the hill, and over to the west is the dark, scary jungle. A little ways out into the water is a white ship, pitching and yawing on the restless sea. A siren is here, sitting and singing on a coral reef. Listen to siren. Listen to Siren. The Siren sings in a strange and untranslatable dream language. An gealak an giran an gaoth molad duit adia. That was a really good accent. Thank you. I learned from the best. <laughs> hmm. Uh, you probably can't tell from how I read it, but uh, this looks like Gaelic or something. Okay. It sounded like it looked like Gaelic. <laughs> <laughs> Can we look at the ship? Yeah. Apparently wrecked here. Oh, apparently wrecked here on the shallow reef. It's white and shiny, like something out of a dream. I mean, it literally is in this dream that I'm describing to you right now. It symbolizes... Actually, go in there first. Give you a second to think about this. <laughs> All right. Enter the ship. Uh, ship of Pearl. When you are inside the ship, you realize that it symbolizes loneliness. Specifically, loneliness brought on by being an artist, which all artists suffer from deep inside their souls. This is the ship of pearl, which painters sail into the seas of paint, and which sculptors sail across seas of clay and, and marble, searching for the distant moorages of inspiration. I could keep going, but you don't seem to be as into this as I am, so I guess I'll stop. <laughs> so is there, like, a, a grain of sand at the center of this... Oh. <laughs> um, that's a good idea <laughs> that I did not have. The interior of the ship is lit by a pale, eerie luminescence. It looks like whatever painter or poet who piloted this craft left their leather trunk in here. Oh, that sounds important. Mm. I'd like it better if it were leather trunks. <laughs> But yes, might, let's open the leather trunk. That might get uncomfortable when it gets wet. Mm. It seems to be locked. Hmm. Hmm. Well, there's got to be a leather key around here somewhere. <laughs> Are we lucid dreamers? Can we just will it to be unlocked? Sometimes <laughs> that works. Uh, yeah. No. Oh. 
Oh, well. So that was the one object that was in here, right? There was also a pale, eerie luminescence. Oh, well, let's examine that. Okay. Since this is a bizarre and mystical dream world, you are able to pick up and mess around with the luminescence. (laughs) But since I don't know how that would actually work, I'm going to have to ask you to stop doing that. (laughs) Right. Okay. Do we have the trunk? Uh, Take trunk. It's too big for you to lug back across the water. That must be why its owner left it here. Or maybe the owner is dead and never got a chance. But we don't see any corpses around, so... Maybe the owner is a skeleton at the bottom of the sea. Maybe the owner, when he died, woke up. So now he's not in the dream world anymore. Wow, well that just raises so many questions. It seems like a lot of crossover options with Captain Verditer's plunder, actually. <laughs> I mean, clearly the deal was that in the optimized solution, um, the owner did not take the leather trunk because it was too many turns. <laughs> That's beautiful. Ryan, is there a rat in this game? No. Why is there not a rat in this game? Um, because this game only contains those elements which the narrator bothered to think of. That's fair. So would it be tactless for me to ask what the thing about rats is? What's the thing? Um, rats are funny. <laughs> <laughs> so you weren't, like, actually raised by a rat as a child. Or something like that. <laughs> no, but um, do you want the actual answer? Yes. Because I'm about to give it. The actual answer is um, when you're writing a game, when you're writing a story, and you want characters to act in a really antisocial way that facilitates funny things happening um if the characters are rats then they can get away with it more so than humans interesting fair enough fair enough short version rats are funny (laughs) also fair all right i there aren't any other like sublocations of the ship right it's just nope i think it says something if you try to go a direction it says sorry i can't let you run all over the boat my coma brain can only come up with so many interesting locations if you want to leave just go outside hard to port hard to port that's not a verb i recognize all right i think we have to go out because we don't have a key for the trunk unless these pendulums are going to unlock the trunk but that seems way too unlock trunk with pendulums Oh, I don't know why you would try that. <laughs> it was a sudden idea that I had all by myself. Um, do you want to try that? Sure. Okay. Unlock trunk with pendulums. You insert the pendulums into the depressions, which I don't know if I told you this, but there are some depressions. <laughs> and they click into place. What? Wow. The pendulums were the symbol for Aquarius all along, and the symbol for Aquarius was the key to the trunk. You solved the mystery. Mm. Wait, okay, so would that have been more hinted if we had looked more closely at the trunk in some way? Yes, oh, yes. Good. But I know from experience that if I didn't help you out somehow, you would run around for an hour missing it, and I don't want to subject the listeners to that. So I, I, I made a call. <laughs> I see. I, 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 I'm sorry for what I did. Ah, <laughs> oh, let's just open the trunk. 
Uh, it opened, revealing a wreathed horn. Wreathed? Yeah, it's got a little thingy over the E. Okay. Um, let's examine that. It's a huge, conical, spiral shell of the type you often find on islands, like in that book, Animal Farm. <laughs> Wait, that's not it. That wasn't even an island. What book am I thinking of? Uh, the 21 it Balloons. It looks like... <laughs> it looks like somebody has already drilled a hole in it for you to blow into. All right. Blow into horn? Blow into horn. You start to blow into the horn, but the tremendous sound that emerges is too much for you to handle. It symbolizes the conclusion of the individuation process, which, if attained prematurely, would result in a psychological short circuit. What I'm saying is, this is not the time or place for unleashing the power of the horn. Right. Okay. I think we'd better leave the ship. <laughs> okay. So now you're at the enchanted gulf again, where the siren sings, and coral reefs lay bare. Hmm. What if we blow the sorn? Blow the sorn for the siren. Blowing the sorn, the guy. You're actually making it impossible for me to type correctly. Sorry. Uh, you can't see any such thing because I forgot to pick up the. Horn. Oh no. Okay. You picked up the horn from the trunk. It has a strange weight to it. Mm. Writing tip. Say that things weigh strange. <laughs> I really like playing this game because I'm not sure which of the asides are things that you have written. That is intentional. Nice. Although the narrator of the game would not refer to writing tips because the narrator is saying all this out loud. It would instead say speaking tip. Say that things weigh strange. Okay. Interesting. Alright, so that leaves the jungle to go into, right? Yeah. Let's go west into the jungle. West? I keep forgetting what this jungle is supposed to symbolize. <laughs> I think it was sexual intrigue. The branches, heavy with purple leaves, lean down toward you in a vaguely threatening way. It's a scary experience, but it's also kind of exciting. That's the fun of being in a coma-induced dream world. A rough path through the vegetation leads from the gulf to the east to a clearing in the northwest. A long vine hangs from the trees, swaying like a snake in front of your face. That's not at all symbolic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, swing from the vine? Swing from vine. After giving a little resistance, the vine falls to the ground, dislodging something from the branches in the process. When the entire length of the vine has fallen and it turns into a giant green snake, which slithers off into the jungle. That snake symbolizes the horrible things that can happen when you take risks. (laughs) The thing you dislodged finally hits the ground. It's a shell a Venus comb. That thing could have killed you. You see what happens when you take risks? <laughs> I like how you've cunningly made sure that at no point would you have to implement any kind of rope-like behavior for that vine. Heck uh-huh. yes. That was well done. Thank you. So we now have two shells, if I understanding this correctly? I think um, so. You haven't picked up the other one, but yeah. I'll take it. Take comb. Yeah. It does not have a strange weight to it. <laughs> well, that's bad writing. I apologize. (laughs) I accept your apology. Can we examine the comb? It's a seashell, spiral in shape and conical in form, but it's covered in dozens of long, skinny spines like a hairbrush designed by H.R. Geiger. Geiger? (laughs) Geiger? Holding it is an exercise in manual delicacy. 
It symbolizes beauty as a desirable but fundamentally dangerous aspect of experience. Okay. I wonder if the siren wants it for anything. Why would you say that? She probably has some hair. Hmm. Hair what needs brushing? Okay. Let's go to the lady. Uh, why don't you phrase your okay. talk to the siren? I forgot how we got to the jungle. We went oh, west. I just went. I just moved you around. Oh, okay. Go to beach. Go to beach. You sit on the beach and stare at the sea. A feeling of calm washes over you. Okay. Apparently, I implemented go to beach. <laughs> well, you're already at the beach. Okay. So I think it's understanding go to as sit on. Okay. Odd. Yeah. Can I go to reef? I'm experimenting with the implementations of my own game. When you sit on the reef, it scratches your butt. I'm not trying to be sadistic, but you make it so easy sometimes. Huh. So I wonder if you just blanket implemented go to as sit on? It sounds like it. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. So did you guys want to interact with the siren? Yeah. I forgot where she was. We I took you to the gulf. To okay. Save you the trouble. Cool. Uh show her the comb? Show her comb. Is that what I think it is? Where on earth did you find this? Well, anyway, thank you. She takes the comb from you and immediately starts brushing her hair. Uh she uh I suppose it's customary to repay you somehow, right? Well, here. She takes off her girdle, which dream logically turns into something else, I guess, and hands it to you. Uh, examine it, whatever it might be at the moment. Uh, now that she's not wearing it, the siren's girdle has turned into more of a two-dimensional curvy H shape, like a crude drawing of a girdle being worn around an hourglass waist. It's still pale and opalescent, though. Hmm. Hmm. Do you have anything else that we need to open up by pressing a shape into it? Uh, not that we have seen, no. Hmm. Curvy H thing, that's Pisces, right? Correct. Okay. Were there other directions from the jungle that we did not go yet? There was. We can go northwest. And when we go there, we go to a clearing. This is an open area in the jungle, symbolizing the eye of the storm. It isn't in the center of the jungle, but it's the center of your experience at this point in time. It's like the guy says, wherever you go, there you are. The path leading back into the jungle is southeast of here, but to your north is a rock wall carved with a curious design. Oh. Examine design? Examine design. Okay. It's a carving, a depression kind of thing, in the shape of the astrological symbol for Pisces. Ding, 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 ding. What a strange coincidence. What a strange coincidence. <laughs> There's a, a big problem here with you guys' experience where you're receiving all of the keys before you find the locks that they correspond to, which would be bad game design if I were talking about someone else's game. But I wrote this, so it probably had a good reason. <laughs> right? Uh, put the, put the, put the, put the, sure. Put the thing in the thing. I need you guys to validate me. Put thing in thing. You can't see any such thing. <laughs> Unusually apt. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, Put H in wall or whatever it is. Oh, I did not implement 
H as an understand for the thing. Uh, put girdle. Wait, what is it saying? It is in our inventory. A siren's girdle. Put girdle in wall. The girdle, which was all along the symbol for Pisces. Oh my gosh. Fits perfectly into the slot on the wall. Both of them dissolve into a silver mist. You overcame the dream logic and defeated the puzzle. Yay! This is my favorite one, by the way, because I'm a Pisces. Anyway, good job. It turns out that behind the rock is a huge cave. Wait, do you mean that the narrator said that, or you, Ryan, were dropping in that piece of information about yourself? (laughs) It turns out that behind the rock is a huge cave. Enter cave? Okay. I think this is one. Nope, I got it. I was I was afraid it's going to say you can't enter that. It's just scenery or something like that. You have finally found your way to the caves of thought. Ooh. This cave represents thought and thinking. There are stalactites and stalagmites and that kind of thing, but the area has been kept mostly empty so as not to distract you from your meditations as you approach the center of the island. The tunnel continues to the northeast, but if you want you can relearn to return to the light and air of the clearing to the south. What happens if we type think in the caves of thought? Your thoughts reverberate against the walls, bouncing around and multiplying and colliding and eventually canceling each other out. So this, hmm. the caves of thought are not actually conducive to thought. I, what does it say if you deep. think outside of the caves of thought? It says, if you think, that'll help. <laughs> Which I think is uh, like an incorrect joke, uh-huh. because it was my understanding that the default response to pray is "if you think that'll help." Mm. But ah. I, I th- you know, that might have been un uncorrect, and so this joke actually makes zero sense. I like it. Well, thank you. Anyway, uh, what do you want to do? Game-wise. I think we should go further in. Yeah, I think yeah. we should not turn back now. North we should east. not symbolically demonstrate <laughs> right. our fear and <laughs> caution. Uh, deep caves of thought. This cave represents deep thought. See, there are always deeper levels of thought. Getting really deep in thought is a necessary step on this path to self atta- self attainment. So keep going. The way out is southwest, but the deeper caves are to the east. East. Deeper caves of thought. I know. It probably seems like there are too many sections in this cave. I totally understand why you would feel that way. But having a bunch of caves like this is a necessity. It's called pacing. Distressing. <laughs> Even deeper caves are to the south. The less deep caves are west of here. Yes, south. Very deep caves of thought. Okay, okay. Here, for once, is something more interesting than just more caves. At this curve in the tunnel, the east wall is made up of a bunch of rocks. I mean, the whole place is made out of rocks, but these rocks are smaller and rubblier. The cave continues to the north and southwest. I think we should search the rubbly rocks, okay. even though I don't believe that rubbly is actually a word. Well, rubblier, obviously, is a word, and it right. has to be the comparative of something. So, mm-hmm. uh, theory disproven. You find nothing of interest. I feel I've been led down the garden path here. <laughs> uh, uh, take a rock. Yeah. Okay. Can we take an individual rock? Take rock. 
You pull out one of the rocks from the wall. The rest of the rocks immediately fall down in a big pile. But then, a rush of air. A shaft of light. You've uncovered a path to the surface. Nice job. Let's say this symbolizes an act of mutual recognition between your conscious and unconscious minds. I mean, my conscious and unconscious minds. Anyway, uh, keep good going. Keep going. Good going. <laughs> uh, what direction is the exit to the surface? Um, probably east. But wait, isn't there more deep, deeper, deepest thoughts? Oh. Yeah. What do you want to do? Oh, we let's can't keep turn thinking. Back now. No, okay. yeah, we gotta go all the way with this thinking business. Incredibly deep caves of thought. Sorry, this is another room where there isn't really anything going on. I swear I'm not doing this just to frustrate you. I know sometimes it seems like I'm doing stuff just to be annoying, but I always have a good reason. I mean, I always think I have a good reason. Sometimes it turns out later that I didn't actually have a good reason, but I never start out with the intention of doing nothing but screwing with you. The caves go northeast and northwest from here. Is northeast the one that we haven't done yet? Uh, no, northwest is. Okay, let's do that. Okay, uttermost depths of caves of thought. Okay, the narrator does know what uttermost means, right? <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. This is it. You have reached the deepest part of the caves. From here on out, you've still got underground rooms, but it's more like an ancient underground shrine than a plain old cave. From here, you can go back southwest, or you can go northeast, in which direction you can discern an unearthly glow. But first, gaze into that pool of still water and see the face of your destiny. Okay. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Let's do that. Yeah. Okay. In the pool is a goat fish. A goat fish? <laughs> That's the face of our destiny? Is a goat fish? According to the narrator yes <laughs> okay well that sounds like capricorn to me so we better take uh, it take goat fish it takes a couple tries but eventually you scoop the baby goat fish up out of the pool it emits a few high-pitched bleats and then it calms down in your comforting grasp the kid fish crawls up to your shoulder and tries to headbutt you in the neck oh huh so a uh, a crossbreed of a goat and a fish would have the most terrifying eyes. Yes. And it is wise that I did not bother to think to implement those eyes. <laughs> okay. What was that unearthly, unearthly glow business? Um, you can go northeast. If we examine the glow, it says it glimmers or glistens or maybe even glisters. No, I'd better stick with glistens. <laughs> With a radiance you find very slightly unnerving. The baby goatfish almost falls to the ground, but you catch it. Okay. Where was it? Northeast? Northwest? Yeah, northeast. Shining archway. This room is awash in light. In the south wall, an archway towers over you, glowing as if reflecting the brightness of a distant galaxy. The room with the pool is back to the southwest, and it looks like there's a shortcut to the east. I put that shortcut there just for you. <laughs> the baby goatfish wriggles its way up your arm. I'm kind of disturbed by the goatfish. It sounds cute, but I wonder if that's only because um, the modifier baby is being used for it, and uh -huh. I can't actually see it. If we got the correct illustrator to do the art for this game, mm -hmm. it could probably make it look really cute. Oh, I bet Edmund McMillan 
would do a really cute baby goatfish. Yeah? Yeah. Well, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I kind of spaced out. Is there anything interesting in this room? There's an archway. Okay. And that's it. Uh, let's examine the archway. Okay. This archway is a symbol of the ultimate, I mean, the penultimate barrier between my comatose mind and the outside world. It literally is that, but it's also symbolically that the the lines are beginning to blur. The path through the arch is blocked by a big door. The goatfish nibbles on your finger. Examine the door. This idle door is actually the barrier that you have to worry about. I guess if the arch is a symbolic barrier, then this door is the literal barrier. By literal, here I mean literal within the dream world. Okay. In the door is another keyhole depression, but this one in the shape of, like, a V with a ridiculous curly thing attached to it. Yes. All right. Stick the goatfish in the door. Stick. Oh, no. Stick isn't going. Put goatfish in door. See, that would make sense, but the goatfish is a literal dream goatfish, <laughs> not a Capricorn symbol. You've got a classic confusion between signifier and signified on your hands. <laughs> okay. All of a Bash sudden... the goatfish with the semiotics textbook. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, the baby goatfish yawns and falls asleep. Not because you tried to murder it. That happened before you expressed your horrible intention. Yeah, I'm the mean lady now. Yeah. Um, it's all mean ladies. So if it's now asleep, does that mean that it is it, it is stopped being fully no, goat it's fishy? Still, it's still think, what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's still a literal goat fish, but now it's sleeping. It's a baby goat fish. Maybe more of a kid fish. It only has little nubby horns, and the fish end of it wriggles around energetically. Bad description for when it's asleep. The baby goat fish represents youthful idealism or youthful ignorance. I guess those are kind of the same thing. Kill baby goat fish. Kill it. Don't start with that stuff. Nautilusia is a safe place, a peaceful place. <laughs> Play along a little. Nautilusia is a safe place. I thought that I had to slaughter fish. our youthful idealism in order to come back into the harsh light of waking reality uh, after my coma. No. Your coma, my coma. Well, you I seem to forget whose coma this is. Coma situation at the moment. We're kind of all in your coma at this point. Yeah, but it's my coma. Yeah, but I think you could at least wash us a towel or something. <laughs> okay, so we need to do something with this horn that we have. Mm -hmm. At some point, I don't. Do you suppose that blowing the horn would? Change the goatfish's form? It's worth a shot. Oh. Alright, let's blow, blow the horn. horn. You started to blow the horn, but blah blah blah, you're not allowed to blow the horn. I know. Alright, we have to save that for our subsequent individuation, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, see, the thing is that the previous objects did not need our assistance to become symbolic in nature. No. That's right. Well, also, those puzzles were too easy. And boring. But I feel that they... We, we were left with no specific groundwork for this one. Which is not meant as a criticism. I'm just saying... You can I go ahead and mean. criticize. No, Mean it me. as a criticism. I dare you. I'll criticize. 
Ryan, okay. we were left with no specific groundwork for this one. Okay. Well, uh, sucks to be you. <laughs> uh, also, how dare you criticize me? Sorry. On your own podcast, too. Right? Yeah. This is supposed to be a safe place for me. A peaceful place. Alright, so do we have any other stuff or things in the location? or? Uh, nope. You have a goat fish and a wreathed horn. And you're in a room with an arch that has a door in it. Yeah, I remembered all that stuff. Hmm. Should we head out of the cave? I'm still really stuck on this idea that the goatfish has to die for some reason. Anyway, all right, let's yeah, let's leave the cave because we were we were given a convenient way to leave the cave. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we take the shortcut. Here's the place in the tunnel where there's an extra to the surface instead of an east wall. So I guess you go east hill. So from up here in front of the stately mansion. You can see all the rest of the island. An entrance has opened up into the caves beneath the jungle to the west of you. Down the hill to the southwest is a white sandy beach. Okay, uh, what if we put the goatfish inside the clock? Because the pendulums came out of the clock and they were already symbolified. Okay, I'll go into the mansion. It's like stately Wayne Manor in that it's on top of a hill. And it's very expansive and full of expensive things, but there's no labyrinthine cave system underneath it. Well, okay, yes, there I, is. I guess there actually turned out to be a labyrinthine <laughs> cave system underneath it. Sorry to disappoint you. Um, there's a a grandfather clock, so we're gonna put goat fish in clock. There's that's no place for a baby goat fish. Oh, well, I was in. hoping that it would cease to be a baby goat fish. Well, what All was right. the name of the chamber? chamber put goat fish in chamber that's no place for a baby goat fish hmm. incorrect <sighs> i can't tell if the baby goat fish is supposed to be a red herring or a puzzle object goat herring <laughs> we could go down to the beach and set it free and then hey, yeah then we'd be kind <gasps> of screwed because it would be gone but at least we would have liberated our youthful idealism to wander free and yeah. float towards the shoals of inspiration or perhaps the reefs of writer's block or something that sounds You're nice the waves of mutilation so i tried to drop the goat fish in the gulf mm-hmm. and it said no no you can't leave it here alone it can't fend for itself Oh, no. Maybe the siren will look after it. Yeah. Okay. Give or show. They're probably equivalent. Give goat fish to siren. Her jaw drops. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. You brought Terran. The goat fish leaps into the siren's arms with a triumphant bleat, and she immediately begins cooing over it. You know, I actually have the perfect reward for you. Check this out. She produces a piece <laughs> of pearlescent material from an invisible drawer or something. Do you recognize this? It's the symbol for Cap- Capricorn. It's thematically appropriate because Terran here is a goatfish, right? Anyway, I want you to have it. Oh. She hands it to you. All right. That's very thoughtful of her. Yes. She's a nice lady. I'm I bet sad she's really that you guys aren't too. interacting with her more because I put a lot of work into this lady. Uh, uh, should we talk to her? Yeah, talk let's. to Siren. The Siren smiles and says hello. Oh. She's extremely helpful and would love to tell you about anything you want to ask her about. Ask her about me. She says that she likes you just fine, although you could stand to loosen up once in a while. Judgmental. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, ask her about her. The, oh, no. Ask her about herself is the correct 
phrasing. She smiles. She says she's doing just fine. Thanks for asking. Uh, ask her about Taryn. The siren thanks you again for your help. Uh, there are more interesting responses than these, I swear. Ask <laughs> her about the coma. Okay. The siren doesn't have anything interesting to say about that. Shut ask up. her about the ship. Siren, be a pal. Okay, ask the siren about the siren doesn't want to say anything about the shipwreck, but she seems suspiciously proud of herself. <laughs> um, yes. Ask siren about caves. Okay. The siren says she's never been to the caves of thought, but her little goatfish Terran has been known to crawl around there once in a while. That's a good hint. That is a good hint. It's extremely useful. Well, you guys don't have to stand around trying to force something amusing out of this siren. Do you happen if you to take my word for it that I did write <laughs> something good? Say that you believe me. I believe you, Ryan. Do we need to clap okay, our hands? That's true. Cup your hands. Clap our hands. Oh, like for Tinkerbell. Yeah. Yes, please. I don't know how many times to clap until you get tired. Is it, is it applause or is it just I believe in fairies? <laughs> no, because that's like you're smushing one between your hands. Oh no! Oh god! Okay. Uh, how about we just try to get that door open? Oh, let's just try to get the door open. Uh, northeast, yeah. West, west, archway. Put Capricorn in door. The Capricorn symbol slides into place with a click. The door dematerializes, its constituent dream atoms disappearing into the dream ether. Nice job. The path to the final challenge is now open. Oh my gosh. There's a final challenge. Yeah. I think we're going to need to blow the horn, but let's go through the door first. Okay. okay. Sunless Crypt. You have reached the end of your quest. Here... At the center of Nautilicia is the sunless crypt that symbolizes the spiritual and psychological profundity of the coma that I have been in all this time. <laughs> the ceiling above roils with iridescent turmoil, symbolizing the conflux of emotions that are going on in my brain. A spiral design on the floor leads your gaze toward the center of the room, which is the center of the center of Nautilicia. Lying prostrate on a dais... dais of nacreous stone and wrapped in webs of gauze is my own comatose body. That's very meta. I forgot to tell you guys, this whole podcast, I've been in a coma. <gasps> oh, wow. Have we been in your coma? You've not... Yes. Okay. <laughs> Alright, I think we should examine the body. It's a handsome guy. <laughs> That's definitely me. You'd know my face anywhere. And I'm definitely, definitely in a coma. This symbolizes the fact that I'm in a coma right now. <laughs> so this is the final puzzle. How can you possibly wake me up and release my mind from this nice nap? I mean, this coma. Emily, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am thinking what you're thinking. Okay. What are you guys thinking? Blow horn. Okay, blow horn. When you put your lips to the wreathed horn, 
It emits a huge, deep moan, like a mob of whales singing in unison. The ceiling rumbles. The sleeper stirs. I'm trying to decide how many times you should have to blow the horn to make me wake up. <laughs> how about nine? Oh, seriously? <laughs> Man. All right. Well, you've got the up key, so you can just reproduce the command. Uh. I'm actually typing it again. The horn, the conch blasts again, like waves crashing on a glass beach. The vibrations shaked the irised ceiling. I wrote irised ceiling? Irised? As in... Like, participle like, of iris. Yeah. I'm good. Huh. Yeah, nine is probably too many. How about seven? <laughs> okay, blow horn. Fine, fine, because I like you three times. Just one more Woo! time. I'm going to type it again. I'm going to blow horn. You blow into the wreathed horn again with a tone like a hurricane inside a crystal bell. Then the ceiling cracks and shatters, and the light of the sun, symbolizing the clarity of conscious thought, shines into the previously sunless crypt, which symbolizes the stagnancy of absolute introspection, right onto my unconscious body, which symbolizes me. And then everything goes white. Press a bunch of keys. And now I'm awake. Look, so yeah, I'm awake. Yay! You can get going now. Anyway, thanks for putting up with all that nonsense. <laughs> I know I probably goof off too much, and it gets to be a pain some of the time. I really do want both of us to have fun, even if some of the time the only one having any fun is me. So I appreciate your tolerance. I guess tolerance isn't the right word. You know what I mean. No, seriously. Thank you. Aw. Would you like to restart, restore, amusing, quit, or undo? Amusing. I think we definitely want to amusing. Okay. Have you tried listening to a shell? Listening to the siren's song? Yes. Anything you wouldn't be able to get away with in the real world? Manipulating something intangible? Yes. Thinking? Yes. Jumping? No. All that nonsense. Drawing a map? Swimming? Swimming in different bodies of water? Feeling a bunch of things? Tasting a bunch of things? Sitting on a reef? Yes. Looking for an alternate wind condition? Oh. Uh. Oh. Uh. Uh. There's a lot of stuff in this game, so much that it's not like we can like try to find all of it, but enough that I feel like we haven't seen enough. <laughs> That's very selfish of me to say. Okay. I was trying to think where an alternate wind condition would branch off like yeah is there a different way to interact with the body or are we looking at something earlier on do you want to mess around with the body let's mess with the body because i don't mind if you mess around with my body go ahead (laughs) (laughs) um we're back in the sunless crypt okay okay was there anything interesting in here besides the body there was a dais which is how i pronounced dais Okay. I think I like Deus because then you can make the rock me on the Deus joke. Okay. Consider it done. Yay! I think we should examine it. The word nacreous looks like it means gross, but it actually refers to the texture <laughs> of nacre, i.e. mother of pearl. So you can imagine this dais as like a great big pearl growing out of the floor. I guess when they put it that way, it sounds kind of gross anyway. <laughs> I think it sounds lovely. Thank you. 
Hmm. Shake buddy? Okay. Oh, oh no you don't. It's not going to be that easy. Poke body? Poke body. That's not a verb I recognize. Hmm. Oh, the body is also wearing gauzy something. Uh, examine gauzy Webs thing. of gauze. X webs. The gauze is... How do I put this? It's diaphanous, but it's not too diaphanous. Hmm. <laughs> so, I'm... so we should preserve just the right amount of modesty there. Uh. <laughs> I, because this is a, a text adventure game, I want to try removing the webs, but okay. given that it's kind of, sort of, in a way, you... Yes, Jenny? And I'm asking i'm basically asking you to take your clothes off while you're unconscious <laughs> and that's a little creepy um it is creepy but i'm here saying that i'm in a coma but actually fully capable of consent okay ryan do you consent to removing your diaphanous but not too diaphanous webs of gauze i consent to you doing that to the guy <laughs> in the game who may or may not represent me personally okay my my actual physical non-game non-dream webs of gauze are n- you do not have permission to mess with them. okay uh remove that webs. Is fine. first taking the webs of gauze no 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 i'm not wearing anything under those webs <laughs> okay so there was actually there was not actually consent when it came uh, down apparently to it. <laughs> uh but he is capable if it is a he in fact mm. hmm in this instance, we appear to be deciding that it's a he, which is fine. You want to try touching something? Touch wall. The walls recede from your influence. Hmm. I wrote that for some reason. Touch. <laughs> ceiling. Since this is a dream, you can tell that the ceiling feels like a very thick soap bubble. I, no joke, wrote touch text for I think every object wow touch horn touch horn the horn has a roughness which you find reassuringly natural its bumps and ridges fit your hand perfectly Mm. so a natural roughness but a strange weight yeah so full of contradictions is this world of nautilusia oh and taste taste horn man how does Eating stuff even work in dreams. Can you taste in the dream? This reminds me of the joke about the guy who dreamed he was eating a big marshmallow, and when he woke up, his pillow was gone. But I don't think there's any actual food items in this dream. Actually, that gives me an idea. Here, you taste the wreathed horn, and in accordance with the deranged dream logic of tastes, the wreathed horn tastes like Bavarian cream. Ooh. I like this dream. Uh. That would be an improvement on the average beach. <laughs> Riff has a variation on that pillow joke that ends in when I woke up my giant marshmallow was gone. <laughs> That's fantastic. In fact, can I taste the wall or does it recede from my influence? I'm just gonna play this game. Okay. Guys, wait. Um the walls recede from your influence, so apparently I did not get taste text from that. Or I did, and then it was superseded by mm. instead of doing anything with the wall, mm-hmm. recede it from your recede influence. Recede it from your influence. Hmm. Mm. Taste floor. The spiral design on the floor tastes like salt water. Taste me. Taste. You taste like vanilla ice cream. 
No, that's not an insult. How could you take it that way? No, no, that's not what I'm saying. No. Okay, fine. You taste like key lime pie. Interesting. <laughs> hmm. Does that mean that I am in some sense a key? No, Jenny. No? I never took a semiotics course. I'm new at this stuff. I mean, you are key to the success of this podcast. Hey! Hmm. And so are you, Emily. <laughs> that, that was not my having insulted thoughts. That was, um, I, I feel like if this were a game where I was just typing and not saying things to a podcast, that I would also try, like, attacking the body and kissing the body and things like that. But I feel really weird about doing any of those things in this circumstance. You don't have to, because um, I definitely implemented answers for both of those things. Attack body. Ow! Ow! Stop! Stop! Seriously, stop! <laughs> right. So no alternate ending there. No. Okay, go ahead and kiss it. Okay. Oh, oh, that's adorable! That wasn't <laughs> the solution I had in mind, but maybe it should work. Do you think that should be what wakes me up? Yes. Yes. Alright then. When you kiss me... It'll break the psychic spell, and Nautilusia will disappear, but I'll finally wake up from this coma, <clears throat> and we can finally go to whatever it is you think is so important. <laughs> so go ahead. Would you like to restart, restore, something, something, time, and... Excellent. All right. Yeah. Good job, you guys. Yay! You decided to kiss me on a podcast in front of all these people. <laughs> Weirdos. <laughs> At least it proves you're animate. Yeah. I'm a real guy. <laughs> Coma was just a big prank I was playing on you. You know, I suspected you of being willfully in a coma. A guy who says out loud that he is in a coma is <laughs> not to be trusted. <laughs> so, thank you for uh, playing in my game. Yeah. Sure. Thanks to, thanks to both of you for letting me play your games. Oh, th th thanks, uh, Emily, for writing both of those games. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Thank you, Jenny, for... I already thanked you for playing. Uh-huh. Thank you for helping me play those other games. Sure, sure. Is this the cutesy thing we do, or is that something else? Um, this was the cutesy thing we do, but we forgot to do that for the other ones, right? We did. So we... If we, if we like, try to bring it back, it's not going to work. Right. We screwed it up. Right, we might so just I have to... So I guess we don't do the cutesy thing anymore. Yeah, we might just have to freeze frame it like an episode of Happy Days. Sure. And then, like, the the iris around the, that closes on us is a record? Uh-huh. They did that, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. And the record says, you know, the title and production number of the episode... Ooh, 6G60. <laughs> um, well, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, thanks for being on. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, good. Wonderful. Well, I had fun, and Jenny definitely had fun. Woo! I know, just from, because I know Jenny. <laughs> I'm never not having fun. That's a pretty good superpower. I know, it's great. It's false, though. You're telling a big lie, Jenny. I am kind of telling a big lie. Sometimes I'm asleep. And sometimes you're having encounters with weird women at the deli counter. That's true. That's true. You weren't happy then, were you? No. 
I, I I have to admit that eating food with my hands in my car was kind of fun, like a, a certain transgressive, very embarrassing form of fun. Uh, well, there's a certain kind of viscerality about eating things with your hands, yeah. especially fried poultry parts. That's why turkey legs are so great at the Renaissance Fair. Oh, yeah, turkey legs are the best. If you can get a giant turkey leg in one hand and an ear of corn in the other hand, <laughs> then you've really made it in life. And like, a, Are you eating corn on the cob with one hand? Yes. That is beyond my experience. It, it, it requires significant dental fortitude. <laughs> so, uh-huh. okay, here's what you do, Ryan, is you get the corn, you put the corn in the oven, you roast the corn for like 20 minutes or something. I forget how long I you roast I know how the corn. corn on the cob works, no. Jenny. Okay, but this is the part. This is the part. Okay, you take it out of the oven, and then you just flip the leaves backwards, and then you have a giant handle. Oh, that is very stable and allows you to eat so corn. So you don't even it. shuck the corn. You don't even shuck the corn. Yeah. Bizarre. Yeah, that is mind blown. <laughs> I have decided I need to write another game about food. That would be good. Yeah, I would approve aren't, of that. Aren't all games about food? Not Alicia had no food in it. Uh. You could taste everything. You could taste everything. Okay, that's true. And it was like you taste like and it did pie. taste like food. It did taste like food. Okay. You didn't. You didn't bother licking all the objects in the game for some Only reason. Only because so we were on a out. podcast, and I didn't want to subject people to that. <laughs> no, I think that um, because food is a necessary element of existence, so is it also a necessary element of all artifacts of culture. I can't argue with that. That would suggest that that all artifacts of culture also should go into a lot of detail about breathing. <laughs> and I believe that they do. Bronze did. It did, that's true. Um, and like I said, there might be. You have no way of proving that there are not a bunch of things in Nautilicia about breathing that you missed out on. That's true. That's what we should have asked the siren about. Mm, breathing. Clearly. Is she a uh, she says something about like Link's Awakening, which is the Zelda I, game that I stole a bunch of I ideas from. I was going to ask if you ripped this off from Link's Awakening. I ripped this off from multiple things.